Hello and welcome to Advancing the Profession, the podcast from me, Rob Jackson of Rob Jackson Consulting Limited. We are talking in this podcast series all about advanced volunteer engagement issues, moving beyond the basics to look at more in-depth, more engaging, more advanced practice by leaders and managers of volunteers. And in this Second episode, I want to investigate some issues around ethics in volunteer engagement. But rather than doing that from a very abstract place, what I want to do is delve into it a little bit from a practitioner's view. So I'm really pleased to welcome onto the podcast my guest for today, Matthew Hick. Hi, Matt. Hello, Rob. Great to be here with you. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sparing the time to talk to me today. Now, you and I know each other quite well. We've worked together for a few years, but if there's more than about three people listening to this podcast, they may not know you. So do you want to just introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and your background in volunteer management? Yeah, sure. So um, as you say, Rob, I'm I'm, Matt. I'm head of volunteering with Science Museum Group. I've been in that role for six years now. Prior to that, I was volunteer coordinator at the National Railway Museum. I did that for six years as well. I was previously chair of uh, York CVS and was a trustee there for six years. I seem to do things in, in six-year cycles. <laughs> so I, I've uh, I've recently become a, a governor at the uh, local school and presumably I'm going to be there for six years as well. But you've been involved in Heritage Volunteering Group for longer than six years, right? Do you know what, Rob? I think it's pretty much six years as well. Oh, so, no. yes, uh, so the Heritage, let me think. So Heritage Volunteering Group was, no, it's seven years uh, in okay. September so Heritage Volunteering Group which we set up in September 2014 yeah so six and a half years ago I'm chair and founder of uh, and that, that group was set up to champion and promote best practice in volunteer management across the uh, the sector and we now work with organizations uh, across the country from small independent museums through to organizations like Arts, Arts Council England. Fantastic and full disclosure listeners that I have sat for a number of years on the steering group alongside Matt on the Heritage Volunteering <laughs> Group. So you definitely well placed if you if you work in the UK and you work in Heritage and you're involved in volunteers in any way, go and check out the Heritage Volunteering Group website. Um, it's the first thing that comes up when you Google it. So some listeners will know that one of the things that I do alongside my work as, as a consultant is that I am the rather grandly titled Editor-in-Chief for Engage used to be called e-volunteerism. It's a global journal for leaders of volunteer engagement. And when we relaunched in October of 2020 for our 20th anniversary, we launched this new section in Engage, which my colleague Erin Spink from Canada edits. And there's been two articles in that section about kind of ethical practice in volunteer engagement. And I know, Matt, you were really struck at, certainly by that first article around ethics and it really kind of resonated with you. What, why did that strike such a chord with you? What about that piece kind of jumped out and, and, and kind of enthused you so much? I think, you know, I read a lot about volunteer management and volunteer engagement and, and this felt like a, an article that was really next level kind of stuff right. it was it was not only really engaging but it, it was very insightful it was on a topic that I hadn't really come across before it had an academic air about it I think that it really chimed with me and I think because of some of the conversations that you and I had been having at the start of the pandemic 
with with colleagues um, on Twitter, actually, Rob, and you may recall some of the, some of those conversations mm. about the role that volunteers should play in helping rebuild the sector post COVID. And and I think what that article really helped do was frame that conversation in a way that I'd never thought about before. So how how do we bring ethics into that discussion? How do we bring our you know our personal ethics, or what position should our personal ethics play in decision making around that? You know where does organize where do organizational ethics fit into that and where do sectoral or, or, or volunteer management ethics fit into that and the the article provided just a really great framework for having a really meaningful discussion around that particular topic and for helping find answers um, which I think can be really difficult as as you no doubt saw with some of the responses that you received to your tweet yeah and it, I think it's because as you say it's not an issue that we talk about and I can remember from working with the Institute for Volunteering Research a number of years ago where they were looking at doing a piece of work around when volunteering isn't always a good thing because there's this kind of assumption that we all make in in our sector and, and in volunteer management as well that volunteering is inherently a good thing and that volunteers are inherently good people and therefore kind of ethics isn't really an issue that we need to think about because everything's lovely and fluffy and warm and cuddly and and that isn't always the case and it, it, the, there can be some gray areas and there can be some controversies in there and how all of those as you were saying all of those ethical issues are, are align with each other between personal organizational sectoral ethics and where does the the tension and the creativity come from a lot of that yeah and i think for me what i what i sense certainly within the heritage sector is that and and i suspect more widely as well is that actually our personal and our professional ethics are very very closely aligned and where those tensions exist are organizational ethics and and i and i think we we see that when we you know our personal and professional ethics would say actually we need to have clear clear boundaries about what what the role volunteers play in our organizations and what activities they can help deliver but when something like a pandemic comes along yeah. and, and and an organization and its ethics say that you know we we have an ethical and a legal obligation quite often to manage the collection to maintain this organization and run this organization as effectively as possible i think that's where the tension can come into play because actually volunteers can play a huge and do play a huge part in ensuring that our volunteers run effectively and efficiently and and are therefore supporting the core aims of a charity but when something like the pandemic comes along and throws everything up in the air we have to rapidly reevaluate what's right for a volunteer to do that's really challenging and i think that's where this framework comes into its own because you can really start to evaluate and have those internal discussions with yourself yeah. <laughs> but also within your organization and i think for me the two ways that the two biggest ways in which those ethical issues have been subverted over the course of the pandemic so far one was in the really early days where pre-pandemic you get people really nervous about volunteers coming into organizations that are going to take jobs and that's obviously happened in the heritage sector as certainly statutory funding for, for you know museums like the one in the town where I live has disappeared and it's become volunteer run and yet what was happening was many organizations were standing down their paid staff furloughing them in order to save money and yet still needing to deliver a service maybe not so much in heritage 
but still needing to deliver social care services. And so actually, it wasn't now about volunteers taking staff jobs. It was about volunteers providing services whilst we protected staff jobs. And then the other big one at the moment is the role that volunteers are playing in the UK-wide vaccination programme, and particularly in England, where they're doing some of them are doing exactly the same work as paid staff, which pre-pandemic would have just been an absolute no-no in the NHS. But now, because of the circumstances in which we're living in, it's it's kind of much more acceptable. So I think having a framework like that, I agree with you, is is really useful to try and begin to pick these these issues out. How has that framework helped you? Because we published that in October last year. So we're kind of six months on. How's that framework helped you to think through some situations that you might have come across? Obviously, respecting confidentiality, but Has it been practically useful for you in the last six months thinking through issues at Science Museum Group? I think at Science Museum Group, we uh, we, I would say we are in a very fortunate position. We've spent the the last six years building a a culture of volunteer engagement within our organisation. And and what I mean by that is that not only are we an organisation that embraces the participation of volunteering but at senior levels we understand the role that volunteers can and should play the way that that volunteers should be treated and how those interactions with staff both on paper and in person should should happen so I think we're in a very strong position it hasn't always been that way and I think in my earlier days that framework would have kind of really helped me have some of those more challenging conversations with senior members of staff who who were perhaps more focused on the operational benefits of volunteering the need to involve volunteers to save money for the organization whereas now we're in a a very very different position and actually you know we're thinking far more about the strategic and social impact that volunteering can help us have as a group and the role that volunteers can play in helping us achieve that than we are on thinking about the operational value of volunteers. I think more broadly, however, what the framework has, has provided, I think it's allowed us to have some within Heritage Volunteering Group and across the sectors to have some really good, robust conversations about yep. the nature of volunteering in the sector at a really difficult time. And I think that's really, really important often as volunteer managers we're we're alone we can be a lone voice in our organizations and so having a network like heritage volunteering group where we can have those difficult conversations and we can wrestle with those ideas and and have that safe space to engage in a deep topic i would say and then take those ideas back has been really valuable and i think that's where i've seen the most value in this rather than perhaps having those that, that specific application at Science Museum Group. And it's been good. I mean, for those who are listening to this but aren't aware, Heritage Volunteering Group invited one of the art- the authors of that article, Katie Campbell from Richmond in Virginia, who used to be involved quite heavily in CCVA, the credentialing body based in the States for volunteer managers to co-present with me a, a workshop for Heritage Volunteering Group. And as we record this towards the end of May in 2021, there's a follow-up event for that next week. And they've been really well attended, actually. And there was some fascinating discussion in there. I think what's interesting for me is in your response to all of this. I and mean, you, you said it kind of at the start, Matt, about that here's something that you hadn't really thought about, you hadn't really engaged in before. And I think a lot of networks of volunteer managers 
whether they're online or, you know, are intending to go back to offline meetings, whether they're local or national. From my experience, they kind of tend to look at the same issues. What are the challenges in recruitment? What are the challenges in retention? They don't always look at those kind of more advanced issues. So what's your take on that? Somebody who's been involved in HVG for so long, what's your take on the need for kind of more advanced learning? Do you think we need more advanced learning? What is advanced learning from your experience? How do we build the field? How do we build the profession? really through that in short yes we absolutely do Rob but the longer answer is and you know this but you, you and I were involved in a piece of work last year that looked at the role volunteers could play in rebuilding the sector post-COVID and we, we are about to publish the findings from that report in June this year and mm. And the recommendations that we made in there and the findings that that we encountered were very much focused on the structural and strategic barriers to volunteer engagement within organisations. So we're talking there about engagement of senior management teams in volunteer participation, the creation of volunteering strategies, the changing our perspective on the role or the benefits of volunteering to an organisation, moving away from this idea that volunteers can only provide operational benefits to thinking actually no they can help us achieve our strategic aims as an organization they can help us contribute to uh, our local communities and transform the places in which our museums are based but coming back to your question rob in order to do that we need volunteer coordinators managers leaders of volunteer engagement that have the skills Mm -hmm. to influence within their organization to create strategies and to drive change and for me that's what we need to focus on as a as a sector as a profession we need to build leadership capacity within volunteer managers so that we can drive that change ourselves i mean as i mentioned at the start of the podcast i've been working in the sector for 12 years now and i'm still going along to sessions called how do we recruit volunteers and mm-hmm. i and i know there are, obviously there are people coming in and out of the profession all the time but where is that top level training where's that leadership and guidance and training material for people who who need to grow need to develop so that they can drive change because if that doesn't exist it is very difficult for individuals within their organizations to advocate effectively for the change that needs to take place it's interesting i mean look from my perspective i've been doing this for 27 years and i absolutely agree with you we still get far too many you know volunteer management 101 as our american colleagues would call it basic level stuff that's there and i think that is you're spot on to say that's a symptom of relatively high turnover still within our field and people kind of coming in and doing it maybe as a bit of an entry level job and moving on but those skills and abilities around influencing and effective change affecting change sorry for me are some of the the absolute key things that we need to be trying to focus on and we need to be getting people to to look at so i completely agree with you on that do you think those issues are different the kind of advanced needs or there's there's anything that's particularly unique about advanced volunteer management demands or issues within the heritage sector compared to what you know of kind of volunteering outside of the heritage world i think you know the the role and the context of museums you know the setting so the and the activities that volunteers are participating in is different that doesn't necessarily apply our approach as, as volunteer managers or leaders of volunteers and leadership skills that we need you know doesn't necessarily change but understanding the context can 
help us be more effective. So I think there's something about context in there. I think more broadly, and, and so I, I had this conversation at a, a sector meeting that I was at, is that colleagues from sector bodies were essentially saying, if it's not branded as museums, in inverted mm. commas, people won't engage with it. They won't think it's for them. And I think that's right. that's part of the problem. So if we were talking about, you know, so something I'm, I'm very passionate about, as I said, is, is the leadership stuff. And, and what, you know, what I'm sort of saying to the, the sector bodies is that actually you know, the recruitment, the day-to-day management training support, that can be often easily accessed through your local volunteer centres. But so many museums won't or don't engage with the local volunteering centres because it's not museums in, in inverted right. commas they're looking for something that's specifically branded for them so it's a strange challenge and it, it all it takes is a simple shift in mindset you would yeah. think but perhaps yeah. that's that shift in mindset isn't so simple well it's interesting because it's a mindset shift that i've seen elsewhere as well so when i worked at volunteering england one of the projects that we were funded to do was to try and tie the infrastructure in the sporting world which you know as you well know the biggest area of volunteer involvement across the UK is in sports volunteering, but exactly the same issue. They wouldn't necessarily link in, for example, the local volunteer centre because it wasn't sport oriented enough. So it's interesting to hear that that's exactly the same within the heritage sector as within sport. And I'm sure in other areas as well. And and how we kind of, you know, you might have people in volunteer engagement in heritage tied into heritage volunteering group, but how you get people in the wider organisations tied into and understanding those connections and what they could add as well is sounds like you're saying is kind of a bit of a unique challenge for you guys. It feels, it does feel just feel like that I think. One other area I'd just like to talk to you about I'm thinking of it because we're on a podcast and you and I are both huge fans of Adam Grant and his podcasts and if people listening don't know who Adam Grant is he is a Wharton Business School professor who's based in Philadelphia in the US and has written loads of great stuff that if you give us five minutes Matt and I will completely geek out on because it's absolutely brilliant material but I think of Adam Grant partly because we're on a podcast so if by some strange chance Adam Grant is listening to this Matt and I would love to be on your podcast at some point if you want to talk about nonprofits. but also because one of the things that that always impresses me about you is you're always doing loads of really great reading outside of the volunteer management sector you know you're reading stuff about how people need to understand economics better or you're reading Adam Grant stuff and one of the things I want to pick up over the series of this podcast is is that theme of how we can go step outside of volunteer management to learn new stuff and gain perspectives on things that we could apply back. So in your recent reading, anything there that you think people should really start checking out? I know Adam Grant's got the new book out. I haven't read it yet. You probably have by now. So is there anything in there that you think is, is you know, worth people thinking about as, as going outside of their field and looking at new material yeah I, you know you know me rob i absolutely i love it there's nothing i love more than a, a good book and i've i've read some some really great ones over the the course of the pandemic and one of, one of the joys of the pandemic if i can call it that is the fact that i now don't have an, a one hour commute to work yeah. so i could just lie in bed for an hour reading a book um, so i read stacks and stacks of stuff and you know what really interests me is how do we take leadership material how do we how do we take business material and how do we apply that 
to the leadership and engagement of volunteering in order to develop our profession and transform what we're doing. So I'm always really, really interested in, you know, I'll, I'll read anything and think about actually, okay, so how can we, how can we apply that to, to what we do? As, as leaders of volunteer engagement I mean there's, there's been all sorts of stuff I've read this year I um I read Jim Collins's Good to Great which is yeah. which is you know it's it's not a big book I, I'd really encourage everyone to read it and to, to more specifically get hold of the, the sort of second volume of that Good to Great for the social sectors and one of the things that it absolutely nails in that is third sector organizations inability to understand key performance indicators and there's some really brilliant advice in there how, how many conversations have you and I had about not you know volunteer hours has yeah. not been a metric for uh, success in volunteering but interestingly then they might not be a, a, an indicator for success in volunteering but they might be an indicator of success for your organization and I think and so that's what I mean by reading this or understanding where different metrics fit in and I mm-hmm. guess what you know if you're you're in development and part of your or in, in you're measuring the success of your organization and you want to see increased levels of, of uh, engagement, then actually increased levels of engagement from visitors, from volunteers might be a KPI indicator. And therefore, the recording of, of volunteer hours as a measure for that would be really useful. But actually, then those those volunteer hours are actually an input into our system yeah. and what are the outputs that we get from that that um, you know represent a successful volunteer program and so it, that book is a brilliant brilliant place to to start what's it called well, again just as a reminder uh, for people so that's good to great but in particular it, that bit comes from good to great for the social sector and that's by jim collins another book that i i read last year again quite a quick read really is Rebel Ideas by Matthew Saeed. So Matthew Saeed's oh, yeah. podcast as well, well worth listening to. But again, this is about kind of thinking about things differently. And the book actually builds on an on a paper that I read in the Harvard Business Review about the value of cognitive diversity to organisations. So what we're talking about there is not necessarily people's ethnic, racial, gender diversity, but diversity in problem solving what what essentially the article says is that actually over a 20-year period where they studied cognitive diversity so people's different approaches to problem solving and the different backgrounds that those people came from was that actually unsurprisingly that more cognitively diverse boards and decision making groups are far more successful and so as volunteer leaders of engagement that's a really great article for us to say, actually, do you know what? You haven't got any volunteer in, involved in any decision-making structures within the organisation. And yet we've got so-and-so here who worked in IT. We've got so-and-so here who ran a business. We've got so-and-so who worked in health and safety. In different organisations and in different sectors, there is huge value, as this article proves, in bringing those people into our decision-making structures. And Matthew Saeed's book goes into a, quite a bit of detail about all of that on, sorry. sorry i was going to say that that's brilliant because a it's brilliant anyway it's very kind of in line with the focus everybody's got on edi at the moment but of course if you can bring that diversity in and it adds that richness to the organization lots of organizations whether they're heritage organizations or other kind of sectoral organizations are going to struggle to do that if they only focus on paid staff but if they bring volunteers in which is a not a free but a lower cost option then you can get that cognitive diversity and so for 
leaders of volunteer engagement listening to this, that sounds like that could be a really great resource for them to help add to their arguments about why their organisation needs to invest more in volunteer engagement. Absolutely. And it's something we now do across science museum groups. So we've got volunteering a senior, one of our senior management teams. So involved in decision making right at the top of the organization. Sustainability is an absolutely massive priority for us. We've got volunteers involved in our sustainability working group. We've got open for all, so diversity and inclusion. Uh, We've got volunteers involved in in those groups as well. So we're, we're actually embedding volunteers into our decision-making processes, not because we've got a culture of volunteering and we think it would be nice for volunteers to do that, but actually because they bring significant strategic value to our decision-making processes. And that isn't me saying it, that's there in, in, in the data and the evidence. And I suppose I've got two, I don't know how long we've got left for this no, chat. No, you can far away, far away I know, you and I can ch- chat forever. And now, now you've got me talking about books, I won't be able to stop, but I feel like Absolutely, we should chat about one of Adam Grant's books. And so Think Again, that's the new book by Adam Grant that just came out this year. I think this I think this is a really important book, given where we are with the pandemic. And so Think Again, as the title suggests, is, is a book about kind of rethinking and reshaping our ideas. And, and the, the story that Adam uses to introduce the book is about a, a group of firefighters who were out in the mountains in, in America, I think, somewhere, putting out a fire, and the fire got out of control. The firefighters had to escape. They had been trained to do specific things. So all but one of those people did what they were trained to do. All but one of those people died. And the person that didn't die was the person that dumped all of his equipment and ran faster than the others. And you think, well... That's obvious, isn't it? And that gets the absolute nub of the book. We're conditioned to think in certain ways mm-hmm. through our training, through our profession, through our lifetime as volunteer managers. And actually, sometimes we need to rethink our approaches. And the pandemic has brought that into stark relief. And so we've got an amazing opportunity now to kind of rethink volunteer engagement and what that means is perhaps setting down some of those old tenants that we talked about at the start of this this podcast rob about you know the role of volunteers and rethinking you know rethinking those ideas taking on board ideas from other sectors and other professions challenging ourselves and that can be really difficult and really hard and you know when people potentially critiquing your approach to volunteer management and engagement, that could be really uncomfortable. And the book addresses that and, and, and speaks to how we can take that advice on board, internalise that and use that to our advantage. So I think it is a, it's a really, really important and valuable book, well worth a read. And the last one I just want to come to is Culture <laughs> is Bad for You. And, and obviously this specifically relates to the cultural sector. And it's very much about barriers to working in the cultural sector. And so anybody that's listening to this that is involved in, you know, not just museums, but uh, arts and heritage in its broadest context, I would say this is an absolute must read. It's very dry. It's very academic. It's very data driven. And it's quite challenging in places. And and it talks a lot about the barriers of, it uses the the phrase unpaid work rather than volunteering, but it, it articulates problems and challenges of unpaid work and what what that means 
particularly for people from more marginalized groups or people who are marginalized anyway. So the book looks very much at people from working class backgrounds, people from ethnic minorities and women and, and the intersectionality that exists for uh, within those groups. It's ch- it's challenging. It was it was a book that I, I kind of, when I picked it up and I thought, it gets your heckles up straight away, doesn't it, as yeah. a leader of volunteer yeah. engagement? How is it bad? But I think it's really important for us to engage with that data. And as a, you know, coming back to ties in perfectly with, with Adam Grant's book about actually kind of thinking about that and actually challenging yourself, reading this kind of stuff, actually, you know, thinking, okay, so what does this mean? If we're saying, you know, particularly as it is in the heritage sector, that volunteering is a stepping stone to a career in the profession. Well, what happens if you don't have the access to, to funds yeah. to be able to do that? What happens if you have to work? And, you know, this ties into you know, it's probably a separate podcast, but how we change the structures you know the structural barriers to participation in our museums this should this puts that into stark relief and that conversation we were having earlier about the findings within um, the creating capacity report about our role as leaders of volunteers and the, the importance that we the important role that we need to play in taking down some of those structural barriers and, and this this book brings those into really stark relief and, and and i think it's it's something that we really need to to think about as a certainly as a sector and mm. probably more broadly across the the profession as well that's fascinating i i always find it fascinating when we talk about books and the insights that you get because you <laughs> manage to plow through them a lot quicker than i do i did just uh, over to my right i've got um seth godin's new on the practice and adam grant's one and a whole pile of about half a dozen that i need to get through so I always rely on if I'm if I'm lagging a bit to come back to you to inspire me to pick some of those up <laughs> and get through them. So thanks, Matt. Look, it's been brilliant having you on the podcast. I mean, I know we started talking about ethics and then we went off into other stuff, but it's all related to this theme that I want to explore around advanced issues and, and for the reasons that we were talking about, because there isn't really a place that people can go and, and begin to think through and explore these advanced issues. And so... I hope that the podcast generally will do that for people, but but also people listening to you and feeling a bit inspired by by what you've been saying will do that too. How do people find out more about Heritage Volunteering Group, Matt? How do they get in touch with you if they want to reach out and get in touch? Um, so you can uh, find out about Heritage Volunteering Group at our website, which is www.heritagevolunteeringgroup.org.uk. You can find us on uh, Facebook. We've got almost 500 members that you can chat to there um, we're on twi- twitter as well at heritage falls and if anybody does want to email me uh, you can get me at matthew.hick at sciencemuseum.ac.uk fantastic thanks again for your time today matt it's been really great having you on the podcast and look forward to speaking to you away from this podcast at some point in the next week or so thank you for having me rob it's been an absolute pleasure 